Welcome to The Measure of a Fan, a Star Trek podcast in which three nerds watch all of Star Trek chronologically, one of them watching it for the very first time. My name is PJ Montgomery and I am joined as ever by Matt Troy. Hello. And Elliot Red. Hi everybody. And yes, we're recording in person again. This is like the third episode we've done together in the same room. It is. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Which is weird. It also meant that Elliot and I watched the episode together for the first time since Broken Bow. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. strangely enough, didn't make it any better. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it on my phone whilst I was burning my breakfast this morning. <laughs> what did you have for breakfast? Uh, I was going to make aubergine bacon, which has no bacon in it. You make aubergines into bacon. It's like alchemy, except <laughs> instead of using <laughs> instead of using like minerals and shit. Well, there are some minerals actually. You use salt. But you put you put lots of things on them like soy sauce and maple syrup and smoked paprika and and it makes it kind of I mean it doesn't taste anything like fucking bacon really <laughs> but it is quite nice except that I I incinerated them it was it was pretty I was I was pretty devastated actually is that a good analogy for Enterprise and Star Trek it's like the aubergine bacon of Star Trek <laughs> well there is a character from uh, Deep Space Nine whose uh, real life surname is aubergine bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Matt does a face at <laughs> Elliot does not understand <laughs> That's a joke we'll explain to you Elliot In about seven years time <laughs> It's a ten year mission I just wanted to raise this point as well That we're obviously we're still watching Enterprise As we record The season four premiere Of Star Trek Discovery Happened in the UK yesterday there was a whole debacle that we missed because it happened between recordings. Yeah. But uh, it finally happened yesterday. I watched the first two episodes. Episode one of season four has an Enterprise reference and quite a big overt one. Oh. So no spoilers here uh, in case anyone hasn't seen uh-huh. Discovery, which includes Matt. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to hear it, though. So the the uh, there's a scene set at the opening of a new Federation space dock. Okay. Which is called the Archer Station. Oh. And they actually play Archer's theme on the soundtrack, the closing credits to Enterprise, for a bit of that scene as well. It worked really well. I liked it. Oh, that's really strange. Why didn't they play the opening credits music? <laughs> well, <laughs> strange thought. I haven't, sp- I haven't spoken to anyone involved in the making of Star Trek recently, but I'm guessing none of them like it except as a punchline in Lower Decks. Yeah, that's true. A punchline. Yeah. Yeah. To a joke. Yeah, but like, how? What? How's that? Wow. How do they do that? Well, they take the piss out of it. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. It's like a very like sly hoodwink. Literally, they're like, 
Matt, there's a giant wink. <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem about being in the same room is now I'm, I'm tempted by visual gags. <laughs> oh, just just run with the urge, definitely. Are you saying we have to buy a webcam for... <laughs> no, we'll just post pictures of my face and we'll do a reference guide. like this. Number five, Matt, there's a face. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this week we are looking at The Communicator. Which is an episode of Enterprise. We're not just... I haven't got a communicator that we're all going to look at. It's, this one was a story by Berman and Braga, but the actual script was by Andre Bormanis, and it was directed by James Contner. And we start with Archer, Malcolm, and Hoshi coming back from what Memory Alpha tells me is a thrilling away mission. Oh, really? <laughs> it's a shame we didn't get to see that then. They've been in disguise on a planet that is currently pre-warp, uh, and they've got, well, they say surgical changes to their faces, but they literally peel the makeup yeah, off. Yeah, there were no surgical <laughs> alterations. It was latex. It, yeah. was, it was Star Trek makeup, and they just pull it off. Which harkens back to an early episode, one of the earliest ones we did. I think it was the one in the caves, like episode three or four of season one, where Matt mentions that it kind of brings us and them together because they're seeing the same thing we are that the fact that they can get away with being aliens by just sticking some rubber over their eyebrows yeah. like and that's the equivalent of what aliens are in this universe like, yeah, yeah yeah basically yeah <laughs> yeah it's yeah that's it you or like you know, put a bit of green face paint on or something mm-hmm. uh, one thing i did notice about this particular scene is that malcolm was included because they literally had to talk about a tactical situation and, and it would feel like we were robbing the audience if literally anybody else talked about a tactical situation. <laughs> I, there was there was a moment, wasn't there, where I can't remember if it was Hoshi or Archer, but where they basically went, oh, you fucking love weapons, you do, don't you? <laughs> I do. Yeah, and it's all that bit as well. Uh, Malcolm references Will- Winston Churchill because oh, like God. that's literally the one British person that anybody knows. I literally wrote the words, of course he fucking does. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I bet Malcolm <laughs> doesn't know anything. About, well, no, he probably knows everything about World World War II is probably like his personality, right? <laughs> <laughs> or probably World War Three, I guess, by that point. And then, uh-oh, Malcolm's like, oh no, I've dropped my communicator on the planet. Yeah, he dropped his phone down the toilet. So, there's an episode of the original series, Elliot, where I'm not going to tell you what happens on the planet, because it is a delight. It's a brilliant episode. I absolutely love it. But there's a planet of people who, like, if they find something from another civilization, they mimic it, and... Kirk has to deal with the whole thing. It's brilliant. I love it. It's possibly the most fun William Shatner ever had playing Kirk when you watch it. But at the end of the episode, they're about to leave, and Dr. McCoy goes, so, uh, left my communicator on the surface. And Kirk's like, oh, Dr. McCoy, what are you like? And they leave. Okay. So what they've done here is gone, hey, that throwaway joke in the original series, let's use it for a whole episode in Enterprise and take it really seriously. Now, I know that we briefly mentioned this before we started recording, but I'm going to say this now. Like, this episode could have literally just been, oh, we left Malcolm's communicator on the planet. Let's beam it up. And then episode finishes. Yes. Yes. We need to address this right now. Yeah. I was shouting, "Just, just beam it up. Just beam them up at the screen several times during this they we've seen they've already used the transporter on archer in the fucking pilot yeah they did the whole man they, they just beamed up a man mm. I, I if not like just beam someone in and scare off that table and then just imagine like it's like it's in a, in a room with two people in it which is what they say later on just imagine like just a man appears and he's just like right <laughs> <laughs> it's mine 
Well, have a great day. Thank- <laughs> and then he beams up. If, if the communicator's too small for them to lock onto, but they, they've managed to find it in the building, just just beam up like the table. Yeah, beam up the table. Because it was in a bar. What's going to happen? These people are going to wander around going, I saw a table disappear. It's like, yeah, sure, Johnny. Well done. That's what happened. Do you know table what? I, beamed away. I've got another idea. Like, if that is is, is impossible, like, if, if you do know if why that would be impossible, please bother us on our emails or, or social media with, with, with your bullshit reasons. But um, if... If that is impossible, if they can't beam up a a, a, a it's just fire like a really low intensity phaser burst at the at the bar, just burn it to the ground, blow up the whole city. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> because of the war business that's going on, you know, that's a bit much. Like usually, I would just say, yeah, just blow up the fucking city. Who cares? But they could have just set that bar on fire, just burn it to the ground. So yeah, the whole premise of this episode is that that communicator getting left behind is a potential to. Uh, contaminate the population yeah, because they're pre-war. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this wasn't explained to me in the open. It didn't say we just came from a pre-warp civilization. It just said we're back from a mission. Oh no, I left my thing down there. That's the credits straight away. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? Why is that? It's a communicator. It's a walkie-talkie. Why is it dangerous that you left it down there? I don't understand. What? Why is there a situation here? Yeah. I mean, it, from your perspective then, like the episode is basically, you know, when you have to go back to a club the next day because you, you, you left lost, your phone. You have to phone there, yeah. yeah. And then a man is looking through a box. It's so good. <laughs> like, okay, your imagine, and it's like you go to the bar and you just happen to be an alien with a fancy phone and you go, uh, do you find a weird looking phone and the barman goes well uh, yeah I've never seen anything where did you get it no never mind I'm so, going. so did you Grab think it, like after the credits it was going to come back and Malcolm was going to go I've got some dodgy photos on <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I was thinking that too he's like we have to get my phone back because it's riddled with my porn <laughs> Also, and I, I, my next, my very next note after Malcolm lost his phone, my weird porn was on that, in quotes, is why is there no GPS on it? Like, they would have been, why did they have to fucking, like, track it? Why couldn't they have just gone, yeah, like, we need to know where you are at all times when you're on the surface of the planet. <laughs> We're literally at no risk of anybody else tapping into this because this is like a World War II civilization. Yeah, yeah, they said they're on the verge of war and we'll, we'll get into that i do want to mention though that because this is the first time since the pilot elliot and i have watched an episode together it meant i made elliot sit through the theme tune again so I'm do you sure... watch the theme tune every time oh yeah yeah i can't believe i forgot what it sounds like it's part so, of the experience something i noticed as to just another reason why i don't like the song and maybe why it doesn't work so well as a song in general every line of lyric ends in a completely different rhyme Faith of the heart, and it is the thing, da 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 we, da 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 go, road, soul. None of it rhymes. It's all completely incoherent as a pattern. It, it's like... That's just from songwriting perspective. That has not much to do with the show. I mean, <laughs> I get it. It's like somebody started to, like... Uh, they were like, oh, I'm going to write my own version of, of We Didn't Start the Fire, but about emotions. And then <laughs> and then they just give up. Like, they just give up and wrote, like, everything's just one, like, borderline emotion. Like a strength of the soul. I've got... It's like a very vague poem that just got transcripted into music. Yeah. I think they should every episode change the lyrics so it tells us the episode we're about to watch. Okay. Left my phone (laughs) in a bar. (laughs) (laughs) Now we've got to go and get it. (laughs) Put that makeup back on your forehead. (laughs) 
Dr. Flux is very busy. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back to that later in the episode, too. Yeah. So they go to the bridge, and Hoshi uses her scanners and says, it's in one of these buildings. And Malcolm's like, hey, that building's the bar we were in. So Malcolm and Archer go back down to the planet. There's a bit of trip going, I want to come too. And Archer went, do you remember you pretending to be captain? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So also, you'll just get pregnant. No, just you stay where you are. <laughs> Well, to be fair, if he had been down there, they'd have probably won that bar fight, and then yeah. this episode would have been shorter. <laughs> There's a lot of things they could have done to make the episode shorter. <laughs> could have just beamed it up. Um, mm. But that's, I did notice, though, as as Archer and Malcolm were flying back to the planet, having had Flocks put the makeup back on them, because doctors in Star Trek, as well as being physicians, are talented special effects makeup artists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom Savini is a Star Trek doctor. <laughs> I was going to make a Tom Savini <laughs> reference as well. It was him or Rick Baker, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I noticed that at this point that the, the forehead prosthesis, to me, it looked like a Ninja Turtle's abdomen. <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Like with the, like the little sort of weird square yeah. abs, even though they're shells. And I feel like only you would make that connection. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I know I've agreed with him, but I wouldn't... <laughs> you would never have said I it certainly without didn't notice it. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I'll say that all of them, all of them, we only really see three characters, but Archer and Malcolm look weird without eyebrows. I'm just going to bring that yeah. up. Yeah. Cool. Now that we've pondered that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they go back to the bar and there's this really odd moment where they go back to the table they were at. They look around, Archer nods, and then Malcolm ducks under the table. Now, can I just ask what it would look like to you if you look, you saw two guys walk into a bar. Malcolm's giving him a blowy. They look, they look, yeah, they look a little (laughs) shifty. They sit down at the table, they're still looking a little shifty, and then one of them just quickly ducks under the table. It is a bit sus, isn't it? Yeah. I would think that he'd like dropped his sweets or something. (laughs) His sweets. Yeah. Oh, my sweets. Oh, I dropped my (laughs) sweets. I dropped my sweets under the table here. I'd better duck down and pick them up. Oh. There also appears to be something else sweet under this table. <laughs> like different sweets I'm talking about here. I'm not being rude. But they're also being watched by, let's say, Nazis. Oh, I don't, I don't think these are the Nazis. I think these are the Americans. Oh, okay. Well, uh, uniformed military. Yeah. Pre-World I, War II. I think they deliberately made a choice. Because there were two things. One, they were kind of like drab olive green, which yeah, is very true. much allies thing. But they also didn't give them any weird neck stuff. Like they didn't give them like a collar, which kind of suggests that they're groovy. See, my my thought on it was because later on in the episode, these guys refer to the other side as the alliance. That the other side was the allies. Right. I, I thought they but, were just flipping that that around. You know. But to be fair, it's never really made clear which side yeah. is which in the episode. Yeah. So these could be the good guys. Also, just a, qu- a quick pause as well. There's a whole bit that we've missed out where Malcolm like begs to be punished. Oh God! <laughs> Please, Captain. <laughs> yeah. Please, will you punish me? I deserve, and he does deserve fucking punishment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Archer says, oh, okay, I'll either flog you or put you in the brig for 30 days. And Malcolm's like, no! <laughs> Don't and Archer goes, look, it was, it was a fucking accident. Just, I think Archer just doesn't want to talk to Malcolm, and that's why he's not going to punish him, because I just as little contact with this man as I can have at wow. this point. Wow, so after that whole mine episode where he was like, oh, I'm done getting to know this guy. I'm <laughs> yeah, he's gotten to know him now, and he's like, I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> But again, I mean, uh, uh, Malcolm is right. Like Archer should do something about this. Like you know, take away his torpedo privi- privileges. Like just something, <laughs> you know. Yeah, just yeah. stop taking him to planets. Yeah, he doesn't doesn't need to go down. He's a 
he's a guy who fires missiles. You like, just leave him on the ship until you need a gun to be shot. You what you really want to do is get a security chief instead of a tactical officer because even though they've got hey, we don't need a security chief like that role needs to be covered by two people as far as I'm concerned. Mm. I don't like the the federation sort of bonding that thing into <laughs> into into one person. I mean, yeah, but then when you do get like Worf, he probably wouldn't let you have someone else on there. As the other side of it, Worf's got to do both. Yeah, I guess so. But still, it's it's just another reason that Starfleet are ill prepared to to do anything <laughs> at all. But back in the in the bar, the barman comes over and is really fucking creepy about Hoshi. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, where's that sexy one gone?" And, and, and then Archie's like, like, "Oh, you mean me?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. I like the beads hanging from the corridor. Door, you know, the, oh, yeah, the, yeah, like the bees beads, yeah. yeah. They're like not really a curtain, but curtain thing. Yeah, so they, they scan and they say, oh, the communicator's in a room over there. And then the barman goes and tells the soldiers, I'm suspicious about these guys because they didn't bring back their sexy lady. Yeah, I think, yeah, he was disappointed about that. But he says all of that with just a look. Yeah. Yeah. He looks at the soldiers, the soldiers look at him, he looks at Arthur and Malcolm, then he looks back at the soldiers and the soldiers are like, ah. Oh. The fuck's going on? And as an audience, we are told bad guys. Yeah, yeah. So Malcolm and Archer find that there's a there's two people in the room with the communicator. Like, right, we gotta plan this out. So they go back to the bar and the soldiers stand up and Archer throws a table at them. I don't think that's a fair response. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would do the same. Again, you could just phaser everyone in the bar. Just keep phasering people. Yeah, Malcolm had his gun at that point. Yeah, just keep phasering. I, I suspect Malcolm wasn't supposed to bring the gun. Yeah, he hadn't told anybody. Yeah, but I think Archer I, knew he had it. No, but at that point, you've, you've got it, use it. Yeah, stop blasting him. Like, you brought it for this exact situation, if not surely, right? So like, the, there was that table of people, the soldier guys, there was the bartender, <clears throat> I'm assuming somebody else working behind the bar, maybe like four or five other people just, just keep phasering everybody, just keep phasering everyone until everyone's unconscious. But realistically, the only threat to you are those three soldier guys immediately. Once yeah. you can take them out, then you go, anyone else? Yeah, want anyone else want to be a fucking yeah. hero in here? Want to be turned into a piece of toast? Because again, yeah. people um, are going to come out of that bar and go, a man's in there with a ray gun. And it's like, yeah. No, he's just, not. You just go, no, this is a blackhead gun, you apply it to like spots <laughs> and it... And it <laughs> It pulls out the pus, and then and then yeah, you just go and get the, the communicator and leave. But instead, they have a fight with the soldiers, and the soldiers capture them, take them to a room with another guy who's almost in charge. <laughs> what a oh, great description! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is the, he is the commander hype man of this planet, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he did remind me of him. Yeah. But just to pause on this again a second, when they went to that thing, it's like, oh, there's, there's two guys in there. Like, oh, right, well, that's relatively straightforward hey, then. We're two guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I like those odds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And to be, and, you know, those guys put up a good fight as well. They they didn't just go down immediately. They actually had a pretty good fight with those soldiers at the table. So this is the first episode where I thought, ah, oh, yeah, they're actually trained guys who can do stuff. And we'll talk about the phaser fight later on because I got a lot to say about that too. But yeah, they could have just walked in there, phased those two guys, picked it up, two to beam up. Again, episode could have ended here. But no. Instead, they get interrogated. And now, of course, they've got two communicators because Archer had brought one with him. They've got the scanners and they've got Malcolm's phaser. And that's bad. Yeah. Like, oh, your alliance spies is what they 
they start telling them. Yeah, so, and they do this classic thing where they just rattle on for about ten minutes accusing them of stuff before Archer or Malcolm decide to actually say anything. Again, taking a couple of punches in there, but before the punches... Well, we go back to the Enterprise first of all, because Trip is all, ah, I think something's gone wrong. And Paul's like, yeah, I agree, it's definitely gone wrong. Look at who we sent down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they try and call it, call Archer, and Hoshi says, well, the communication line's open, but they're not responding. And that's pretty much that scene. Topol's like, that. no, I'll scan for them as best you can, Hoshi. It's just to let you know that the ship knows. The ship's gone, Bruh! like in Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. So yeah, then we do get the interrogation scene, where they're not talking, so almost in charge, man backhands Archer in the most pathetic backhand I've ever seen and then steps back going oh my hand yeah that was, that was really funny <laughs> I like that he stood up and I literally said I was like oh we're gonna get a punch and he went eh slap ow <laughs> I, I also quite like this just before this is a bit where Archer's like looking out the window of his jail cell and that made me laugh really hard for some reason and he's just like <laughs> he's like that dude that like looks over walls and graffiti you know <laughs> It was the same look he gave in the prison camp in season one. I think, yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just him peering out of, uh, of the prisons that he's been in. Uh, but the guy who is in charge, he's not not quite. Hang on, I've double negated here. What do I mean? <laughs> what, what do you mean? So there's the almost in charge, and there's the general, and then there's a, is it the, the, the chancellor? Is that the or is there somebody else in between? No, I th- we don't think we see we don't see the chancellor, do we? General no. as high as we meet, so yeah. the general is in charge, and below him is almost in charge. Right. Okay. So the general is basically saying, "Hey, I heard voices come out of this. Someone called Topol was asking for the captain. Who's the captain?" And I was like, "I'm the captain." Cool. Oh, again, frustratingly, it takes about five minutes of asking and going, which one of you is the captain? One of you is the captain. Military thing. Blah, 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 blah. If I was Malcolm, I would be looking next to me going, are you going to fucking own up or what? Like, Yeah, but then Archer would be looking back going, this is your fucking fault, mate. True. I mean, it's just another, it's just an interrogate. Well, all interrogation scenes in tea time science fiction are going to be bullshit. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's some, there are two very notably good examples of it in, in, uh, 90s and early 2000s science fiction. Well, one Next of, Gen has a brilliant Yeah, one. the one with Captain Picard. And then there's that one, I think it's in like season five of Babylon 5, where where John Sheridan gets tortured by some like weird 1984 style psycho. Oh, yes. Um, and there's a couple, you know, I bet Stargate had one. I, I don't know, I've never seen it. But yeah, this, but most of the time they don't have the, the sort of the turpitude to, to, to do a full interrogation sequence. So you just get this, tell us where the thing is. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just like, can we just cut to this? Like, well, I want to go to a room and I want to see a man in like bloodied gloves go in. The one with the big face is the captain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they do say, Archer does say, hey, look, I am a captain, but we're not military. And they go, oh, so you're the captain of a pleasure boat then. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah. What could he be a captain of? He could be a captain of, of, of he could be a, a science captain. Is that a thing? I don't, Did I make that up? Of the little league football team. Yeah, he could be a football <laughs> captain. <laughs> no, Malcolm doesn't like football. But yeah, then, because they're still not really talking other than Archer admitting, I'm captain, 
they then do go into some proper punching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the guy doesn't hurt his hand this time. Pathetic backhand. Ow. But this time he's like, oh, I punch you hard enough that you fall down and <clears throat> accidentally rip Archer's makeup off. Yeah. So at this point, obviously, these guys have to make a decision. And I want to talk to you guys about what we think the best option out of this situation would have been considering the situation. So these guys... Yeah, okay. (laughs) Ignoring the fact that they should have done that from the start of the episode. uh, These guys don't want to contaminate this species. I get that that's the point. And that's why they suddenly make up this lie about being with the Alliance. Because they don't want to contaminate this species with aliens, spacecraft, technology that they're allegedly not ready for. So... yeah. So they decide to instead contaminate it in a different way that is essentially contaminating things they already only know about by changing what they know. So would it not have been easier to just go, okay, look, yeah, you've got all this stuff. Like they they even get, you know, the x-rays of their insides to show that they are completely foreign and... Uh, biological yeah, because in this scene where they've been punched as well, they're like, mm. their blood is red! Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, that's right. They get they find out the blood is red and the prosthetic fall off, so they do a bunch of tests and they get x-rays of their insides and stuff, and you see that they have completely different, you know, intestines, and they mention a bunch of vertebrae and stuff as yeah, different. Yeah. Um, no so, they, so they know that they are, like, foreign creatures, but they still decide to lie and just say that they're, like, super soldiers from the other side who've been experimented on. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that there would have been... If you kind of look at, a, it's, imagine it's from a real world perspective, right? Like a general, a couple of soldiers, a guy at a bar had seen some like slightly odd things. Um, the guy at the bar had never, not seen anything conclusive. So it's just the soldiers who've seen them. Uh, they say they're aliens from uh, an advanced uh, civilization. They prove it. They go. Nobody sees anything of it. The military kind of know it's real. But then everybody after that, everybody who didn't actually directly come into contact with what happened has no pro- way of proving that that happened. Well, not just that. Surely the the reason that you wouldn't bring it up, I assume, is because you go, oh, well, if these guys are even slightly immoral or power-hungry or desperate to win a war, then they will just take this technology. Whether we explain and just say, please just let us go, we don't want to interfere with your planet, they'll go, no, but we, this could still help us win our war, so we're still going to take it. Surely you could still say at that point, all right, we got a big fucking starship yes. in the clouds, and it's going to fucking destroy cities. Yeah. Like, we can't allow this to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's Accidents what Kirk would have done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's what I would do as well. And I'll, that Prime Directive be damned. Uh, but yeah, exactly. If you are saying, right, we're emissaries from an alien species, you suddenly have a new card on the table that if you don't, if you don't fuck, if you don't behave, we're going to turn this city into a, into a, a nuclear wasteland. Yeah. 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 But we cut back to the ship now. It's a walkie talkie. <laughs> and. <laughs> Oh, she's like, right, I found where they are, we need a plan, and Trip says, hey, we still have that Sudaban cell ship from the pilot, I've been playing with it in my off hours. What the fucking hell? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this would have been useful in other scenarios as I well. I know! He's like, a, they've had an invisible spaceship for like two years and nobody's done anything yeah. about it. Well, Trip's been playing with it in his off time. Like they could have had teams working on this round the clock. He's like, he, and he's like, we can get it to cloak, and we'll go down and we'll get them and be all invisible. And to Paul says, yeah, all right. So, Trippin, uh I forgot his name, Travis. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You're getting Enterprise Syndrome now. Oh, no. I am so sorry. You know how things can just manifest if you believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Trip and Travis start working on it, and something goes wrong, and Trip accidentally cloaks half his arm. Yeah, I was hoping it would be like a soda stream or something that those they thought it was a cloaking device. Like it's literally the last thing, and then it generates a cool, refreshing, fizzy water. <laughs> so a couple of things here. One, Trip goes, "Oh, half my arm's invisible. I can't work like this." I was like, "Yes, you can. Just spray it. Your, your arm's still there, mm. and not yeah. only that, you can now see where you're placing screws even better." Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. If anything, it's an advantage. Mm. Also, I didn't remember this episode before watching it, and I was like, "Ah." So now they found this out. They're going to make themselves invisible and go down to the planet and use that. No, has no fucking relevance to the rest of the no. episode. Just an all. inconvenience for Trip. It while just he's on means the ship. Trip has yeah. to wear a glove. Yeah, I also think that Trip probably, you know, probably killed all his sperm too. <laughs> They're in his hand. Well, I mean, they, it, they they were just around whatever it was quite a lot, weren't they? I don't think that was good for them. Just from working on that ship for months in secret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did I imagine this, or did Travis make a "Hey, you could grope people now" joke in the other in a later scene? I okay. think. Yeah, it was, but it was an innocent way. Like Trip understood it as a groping reference. Okay. Yeah. Travis said it could be useful if you had a date in the movie. Kind of. That's what Travis. Said. Oh God, yeah. And then Trip immediately went to putting his dick in a in a popcorn thing or something. I don't know. And, and Travis was like, I just meant you could steal popcorn. And I, I believed I believe Travis. I don't think that Travis is, is a pervert. Trip is. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Trip goes to Dr. Flox. Flox says, well, change your uniform, wear this glove, and it'll wear off at some point, probably. <laughs> and then Travis is like, uh, Trip's like, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, mm, what the, the fuck, fuck does it change? Hmm. Is there any pain? Tingles a little. Can you uh, move your fingers? How's that? You tell me. They feel all right. What's your scanner say? Very little, I'm afraid. Quantum physics is hardly my specialty, but uh, I'd guess that you received an intense dose of uh, whatever particle radiation that ship uses to conceal itself. Are you saying I'm permanently cloaked? It's difficult to determine, but uh, I suspect your appendage will eventually rematerialize on its own. Eventually? Come back in an hour. I'll check on your progress. What am I supposed to do in the meantime? I can't work like this. I'd also recommend a fresh uniform. Thanks. <laughs> Just like, put a glove on. Fuck off. Like, <laughs> I, I'm really busy. <laughs> I gotta feed a bat. <laughs> I love to imagine if it was like, I'm really fucking busy, and he goes away with his little paper fucking thing. With <laughs> <laughs> paper velociraptor thing trying to catch his back again. Yeah. Doing some origami. Like. Oh, but yeah, back on the planet, if I were one of the soldiers, at this point I would be going, they don't look anything like us. Their insides are all weird, and they've got this weapon that's just blown up some crates. Yeah. They're definitely aliens. Oh, that's right, because they find the phaser and they go, Oh, what does this do? Oh, it's got another setting. (laughs) (laughs) I would definitely be aliens, but they're like, Oh, oh, we don't know what these people are. If I was an advanced federation or or united earth of people, I would include in all of my weapons a button that like fired like shaving cream or like... (laughs) 
you know, cheese whiz or something. It's, uh, it's just to, to freak people out. It's the Eddie Izzard sketch, isn't it, of all the different settings? Oven left on at home setting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, well, just just um, you know, like uh, in Gremlins, where he's got that little shaver that's got a button that squirts out <laughs> shaving foam. Just that, and they're like, what, what, what the hell is this? <laughs> just silly string. Yeah. yeah, or just have a blackhead gun setting on it that extracts the pus out of your blackheads, <laughs> and then yeah, they can just go with that. But then Archer's like, okay, we are spies, and Malcolm says we are in fact Captain America's. Oh my god! And yeah, Malcolm makes up. The most dangerous lie. Yeah. And says, we have like 30% regenerative powers. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. There is an easy way for them to test this. Exactly. (laughs) His hand off. (laughs) You should never, ever make up that lie unless you know for a fact that the species that you are lying to is exactly 30% less regenerative than you are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's a weird thing to know. Yeah. If you're in that situation... God fucking damn. It just like, He sends for somebody to get a potato peeler so they can just core a bit <laughs> of Malcolm and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Just say you can bench press, isn't it? I lift, bro. That's all you need to say. <laughs> yeah, but then the, if it was me, they'd test me on that and I would be seen through again. <laughs> it's true, I guess. Yeah, it's also the, testable. There was a, a point in here as well, I think, about something like, oh yeah, they... they he says, like, about all oh, their scientists would know about some fact. I can't remember what the fact was. Like, but he basically just said, to, like, you know, our scientists would know. But how would the scientists know anything about advanced technology? If you got to a point, right, this point we're at now, and somebody turns up with, like, a molecular beam effector and a, and a, and a transmodifier, like, our scientists are not just going to be able to go, oh, yeah, it'll take us 40 years to get this technology. It's just it's alien to them. They say, yeah, they said it's theoretical. They said that it's only theoretical. Oh, the part- at yeah, point. they say phases, particle weapons are theoretical. Mm. Well, yeah, well beyond us. Which realistically they are. Yeah, right? yeah, so, yeah. But then they're going. Well, I guess we better kill them. Yeah, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kill them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just kill them. <laughs> Just beam them up. Man off the hands of fate. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Another thing to ban. Yes. I think <laughs> anyway, we go back to the Enterprise where T'Pol comes down to the Sudabansel ship where Tripp's wearing his glove and says, you got it working yet? And Tripp and Travis are like, well, not really, but almost. And T'Pol says, cool, we're going now because they're about to be executed. One thing about that as well, what was that execution set from? I refuse to believe they built a whole, like execution set just for that episode that must be from something right scott bacula's sex dungeon uh, yeah okay yes <laughs> we do I get... don't know enough about scott bacula to add anything to that <laughs> also why is malcolm always going to die in every episode that he's in yeah because we get a scene now where he's like oh we're gonna die sir we're about to die <laughs> why do they keep putting him in this position if he's always gonna act the exact same way in it his character grows and learns nothing from any near-death situation he's ever in and he's like oh captain what do you think will happen on the ship after we die and i bet commander dude bro hype man gets a promotion <laughs> yeah becomes captain of the enterprise oh. the enterprise becomes the party ship <laughs> <laughs> it just becomes the ship that follows admiral forrest around wherever he goes <laughs> just got this vis- visual image of the enterprise in space but it's like shaking with bass like <laughs> Flashing lights. Yeah, a party ship. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to Paul's left. She's not. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. But yeah, so 
the cell ship now flies down to the planet where it's attacked by X-Wings. Right, okay, I want to pause on this because <laughs> I, I kind of like, I, I had a little look into this. They are literally just, they're kind of a mixture between like Spitfires and like A-10 Thunderbolts. Uh, like this sort of ground attack American airplane that's around now, but it's been around for about 40 years. Mm. So what they've done, and I actually quite like this, they, they do look a little bit X-wingy, but they've kind of got like slightly dr- dropped forward wings, and then instead of having a tail fin, they've got kind of wings at the back. And I, it probably wouldn't fly in reality, but I I actually quite like that. They obviously had like machine guns on it, and if you're watching it, you might think that they're like some kind of lasers, but they're not. They're very... They're just machine guns are like, you know, tracer rounds. I think that's it. I think it's because you don't see them. It's all very fast, the camera yeah. moves and everything. So you don't get to get a really good look at them. So it's easy to misinterpret what you're seeing. Well, I was paying close attention to the technology of this planet throughout the course of this episode <laughs> just to, you know, see if I could catch Enterprise slipping up. But they actually did pretty good on it. Yeah. You know, the fact that when, we, when they uh, get a shot of the base that they're in and it has like proper anti aircraft turret guns yeah, and stuff yeah. on the outside that like, are right for the time. They all have regular guns instead of anything futuristic. Those, yeah. those planes were probably the most futuristic looking thing they had, but you could still, if you look closely, see that they had like turbine engines. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they they weren't big. jets or anything yeah. like that. And yeah, they were high caliber bullet rounds. They weren't lasers. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's actually probably the coolest part of the episode in terms of what was going on, them yeah. just being buzzed by that. Yeah, but then Trip manages to get the ship cloaked again and they fly away. Mm. Woohoo! So this is where we get the execution sequence where they're taken to these nooses with these metal grills under that fall away underneath them. I'd love to know more about that. I wrote bleak. down and I'm sorry in advance, I bet Malcolm's got an erection. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to die. Is the noose tight enough? Could you <laughs> a bit tighter? Can I strain against it, please? <laughs> Don't drop me all the way first time. This <laughs> <laughs> oh, is bleak. Oh, God. Oh, we need to move on now. So, the Superman cell ship lands, but it's still cloaked, so it opens so you can sort of see a little bit in, and Trip and Topol just come out firing with their phasers. And suddenly, everyone can hit stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, not the soldiers. No, the soldiers are absolute dog shit, but yeah, I've got... Oh, now they're good at shooting, written in my notes. Yeah, so they, they basically shoot a bunch of people. They manage to get Archer and Malcolm free and get guns to them as well. And I have written down, I bet Malcolm's put his on kill now, the little scamp. Yeah. <laughs> what a rascal. <laughs> so there's a lot of shooting, and then Archer's like, i still got to go and get the other stuff. So he, under, under fire, goes and gets the other devices and their x-rays, because that's smart. Good thinking. Oh, right, okay. Does I didn't the x-rays, yeah. And then they leave. I'm not going to lie, though. If you were dumb enough to take the only copy of the x-rays <laughs> to, to the interrogation room, then you deserve to lose your x-rays. <laughs> Do you know what? I think the most interesting part of this, how I actually, how I would have tackled this episode, uh, I would have done, I'd have started at this point. I'd have, like, had the aliens, like, talking about this, like, I mean, I don't know if you guys are into UFOs, but Rendlesham Forest style yep. incident. You know what Rendlesham Forest is? So like in the 80s, I want to say, like a bunch of American airmen in Rendlesham Forest in the UK witnessed some like pretty insane like UFO stuff happening in a woods mm. uh, in, in Rendlesham, East, East Anglia area. And like it's, you know, 
people said, oh, it's a lighthouse from nearby, blah, 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 but they were convinced they saw aliens and all kinds of weird stuff has happened around it. And like, you've got then this, this shell shock group of people who've just all been stunned by a bunch of like weirdos in an invisible spaceship. And this is where I'd start. And I would, I would just do an episode from their POV and then like Enterprise has to come back later on for something, you know, or I think that it would be way more interesting just to have done an episode where they're like <laughs> alien panic than just like actually that would have been a really cool concept for the episode just seeing the aftermath of what a visit of the enterprise has done to a planet <laughs> yeah exactly there's an episode of voyager that does something similar to that i think isn't there potentially that's quite interesting actually that, yeah <laughs> that i think is because it's actually set hundreds and hundreds of years after voyager and is all told in flashback Ooh, from yeah. the point of view is like the very last thing on our spreadsheet at the moment so <laughs> on a way is it really <laughs> uh, it might actually be set before discovery season three but yeah it's certainly so, no, but I remember really enjoying that a similar sort of concept yeah but yeah as it stands this was just another you know we've got like it's just a mission episode isn't it it's like a level of a game where they just have to go in and retrieve yeah. these things well there's a couple of things that happen after yeah you go well, back to the there? ship and there's a conversation between Archer and T'Pol where T'Pol says you don't have to leave technology behind to contaminate a species. You just have to take Malcolm with you. <laughs> yeah, or trip for or that trip, matter. Or just don't go on planets anymore. Yeah, yeah. Archer hasn't contaminated anything in the past. Oh yeah, definitely. They're like giant monuments to his giant face everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted posters, more like. <laughs> and then you get trip in sick bay where with Flocks going. Hey, most of my hands come back, but I've still got this little hole in it. And Flocks is like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, Flocks is. A- <laughs> Right. Could not care less. So there's a hole in his hand, and it's right on the knuckle of his forefinger. Yeah. And there's a hole through it, and he shakes his head, disappointed, frustrated that he's got a tiny invisible hole. Any human would be looking through that hole going, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, hey, Flox, hey, Flox, I can see you. Yeah. Any human. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and that's the trip would be using it to perv. He'd be like, oh, I won't watch a shower. <laughs> his, his hand in front of his face. My universal peep bowl. <laughs> <laughs> universal peep bowl is a brilliant phrase. <laughs> that's what they should call the view screen. <laughs> Better the backseat cling on. <laughs> Backseat Klingon. <laughs> Call me backseat Klingon. <laughs> Lost my baby to my backseat Klingon. Oh, well, that's another episode of that, right? And then, <laughs> then, in the shuttle at the end, Archer goes, oh no, oh yeah, I lost something. And Malcolm goes, looking for this son. He picks up a scanner As and if, I was like, Malcolm, you prick. You, you know what, no, actually, you know what happened there, don't you? They know that Malcolm wouldn't have shut up about being punished, so he was just like, oh, just fucking chuck my scanner on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I dropped it. Oh, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> then Travis picked it up. And went, no, Travis, fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's... You forgot Travis's name. That's... <laughs> I can't believe I did that. That's ridiculous. I hate myself a little bit. You're turning it to watch it. I blame the creators of Star Trek Enterprise for not doing enough with him. Yeah. Did he, he didn't even get to do a shoot, did he? He was just on the, on the ship yeah, idling. Do that a whole, shoot. That, yeah. that, whole, that whole sequence, you just occasionally saw like the bottom half of his legs in through the spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been super handy if he could have just like just leaned down and just started shooting people. You know, just one guy like... 
<laughs> Even if he's just like poking his head out from the shit going, good shot. Nice one. Wankers. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> Crip, is there someone on the ship? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you know what? I mean, it was a stupid episode. With, and, and the crew once again made more stupid decisions than, than we could possibly imagine. But I actually quite enjoyed it in, in a sort of a, this is a stupid episode, but I kind of like these aliens. And- yeah, I know. I th- yeah, I think the, the, the planet was itself and the aliens were, were pretty good. Yeah, and, they were all well, great. W- really all well realized. Mm-hmm. It was the Enterprise crew that were the problem in this episode. Surprise, As surprise. usual, yeah. It's just... Just incompetency, consistent. I spent the whole thing wishing I was watching that better episode of the original series. That's yeah, yeah. Hearing you guys rattle off good episodes <laughs> makes me want to taste good Star Trek. I'm not going to lie. It's going to happen. Not um, necessarily soon, but it's going to happen. You know, terrible, terrible, but not boring was the main thing for me. <laughs> terrible, but not boring. Yeah, like, I honestly, being agree. boring is yeah. the biggest thing yeah. a TV I show agree. can have. I agree with you, also, yeah. Also, I think that might be the most complimentary you've ever been about an episode yeah. of Enterprise. <laughs> I mean, if um, if I was like forced to watch uh, like a season two episode again, this one would be on the list. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd rather watch Minefield or Dead Stop because I actually liked those yeah, episodes. Yeah, they, were, they good. were good. episodes. But, but like, if I had to like pick like five and somebody else had to pick... You know, which one I watched, I wouldn't be distraught if this one was the one I had to rewatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it might be harder to take on a second watch because we've now just dissected everything that's wrong with it. If you watched it again, you'd probably be going, oh yeah, this was really fucking annoying. Yeah. Really stupid. I, I do agree with you, but again, as long as I'm not... What, what was the last episode we watched? I've just already like... Man lost the Hands of Fate. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I removed that from my mind. Send it to Kelly. Yeah. 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 Oh, to Kelly. I enjoyed this one a lot more than that episode. That yeah. episode I, yeah, I, I, sure. I hated. That that dog episode. shit. But yeah, this, this one you could enjoy it as a, a piece of cheesy, stupid, mm-hmm. not very good fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed, lads. Well... Anything more to say on The Communicator? It's a fucking walkie-talkie. Beam him up. Just beam it up. Just beam him up. Just beam him up. It's just a walkie-talkie. And Malcolm, maybe delete things off your phone every once in a while. Yeah, Malcolm, you perv. Actually, yeah, hold on, hold on. Just to go back to the Prime Directive for a second of contaminating the planet with technology, it's a walkie-talkie. What contamination is that? What are they going to learn from this walkie-talkie? It's a super advanced walkie-talkie that can talk to space. Yeah, imagine, it can talk to imagine space. if World okay. War II had Motorola mobile phones in it. If 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 pilots in World War Two were playing Snake on their Nokia thirty two ten, yeah, it's a walk, but it's a walkie talkie. But not... it can transmit further. So if they had mobile okay, phones, it can, the in fact World that it can II. talk to space, yeah, okay, space can't talk back unless there's someone there though. But oh, space you... always talks back. <laughs> we are coming for you. It's fucking creepy. Don't talk to space. Control is nearly awake. <laughs> <laughs> Don't wake a tool. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would have been handy in the communications. Like, imagine if in World War Two you could just like mobile phone Singapore and say, "Oh, actually, no, Singapore's a bad example because they fucked that up on themselves." But don't they have to understand and be able to completely recreate this technology themselves in order for that to be a contamination factor? The war hasn't started yet, so they might figure it out by the time. I mean, they probably won't. Let's face it, they, they, the batteries will run out and they'll be fucked. They That's what I mean. It. They have to completely recreate this technology before 
within a matter of days. If, if you if get it, a particularly smart ahead of their time scientist, which war often brings out, a lot yeah. of scientific advancements happen during wartime. That's true. Um, yeah. Then they might be able to look at it, figure it out, reverse engineer. Mm. You know, it's it's. I feel like it's a small danger, but it is a danger. There's clues in there to stuff like you know circuitry. The, the you know they could they, they look like they're sort of on the cusp of like early electronics, maybe you know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that there's there's enough in there to give these guys the edge. And I, I I stand by my theory. I do think these are supposed to be like the quote unquote <laughs> good guys in this war. And I just kind of think they were set up to look that way. They weren't so rigid as the very even like the Dean Stockwell's aliens yeah like they're obviously like a fascist sort of analog going on in there but yeah i didn't get that from these guys at all just paranoid uh like alien americans from the 40s doesn't seem worth dying for a walkie-talkie nah nah or a blackhead gun are we still recording yes oh, of course we, are. <laughs> we haven't said goodbye yet <laughs> So maybe let's uh, let's let's start doing that, Elliot. Our next episode is Singularity. What are you expecting from that? I'm really hoping something happens. I mean, something will happen to do with a singularity expanding. Oh, I can't promise that. Or what's the opposite of expanding? Contracting. Yep. Yeah. So expansions or contractions? Oh, we've already seen unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, there you go. We will be back in a week's time with Singularity. In the meantime, if you would like to support the podcast, we have a coffee account where you can donate to us and tip us and all proceeds gratefully received and go right back into producing the show and making it as good as it can be. You can find that at coffee.com, ko-fi.com slash the measure of a fan we're also on social media links to all of that are in the description of the episode as well as links to our own online presences we will speak to you all next time take care bye 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 everybody And welcome to The Measure of a Fan, a Star Trek podcast in which three nerds... Don't look at me, Elliot. You're trying to put me off. (laughs) (laughs) So not used to having people around you. I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, this is like a podcast about people who watch Star Trek. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what it is? Is that what we do? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start again. The shoe, shoe, shoe people. The shoe <laughs> people. <laughs> oh my god, that's a reference. The, the shoe, shoe people. people. <laughs> it's a little story about the shoe people. I think I'm in my mind. Though, I'm thinking about the the C H O U X people. They just <laughs> cream buns. <laughs>